Hello, this is FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the Dot Esports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ahmad Khan of CNET. Cloud9 beat 100 Thieves over the weekend in a 3-0 sweep to win the 2022 LCS Championship. C9's win comes after massive roster changes, coaching controversies, and the return of a star player. To break down C9's win is Dot Esports reporter Ethan Garcia. Ethan, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ahmad. So before we get started into, or at least jumping into the LCS finals, let's actually do a bit of a recap leading up to Cloud9's win. So give us maybe a quick uh, rundown of you know, what C9 was going through, some of the controversies it was potentially facing, and this the return of its star player. Yeah, so this year has been arguably one of the most tumultuous years for Cloud9, an organization that has been part of the LCS since, you know, around its conception t 10 years ago this year. It started out looking very, very great for the team in the spring. Uh, you know, they progressed through the lock-in fine. And heading into the spring split, we we had this announcement from the team that there was going to be these massive changes to the roster from last year that looked very, very promising because all of these changes were in the hands of new head coach LS, who many fans may recognize from his time in the LCK and just kind of being an analyst for League of Legends around the world. And so fans were really, really excited. And, and you know, fans and players alike were very excited at seeing LS finally come into the LCS and have a say in C9 success for the year, C9 a multi-time winning organization. Um, constantly making worlds, constantly being in playoffs contention. You know, it's an organization that has always had, you know, the attention from fans from for being this organization that is always putting out star players. And, and some of those star players continue to be here this year, like Fudge and Blabber, uh, who once again joins uh, from the get-go. But in the beginning of the year, we also had new additions like Berserker, Winsome and Summit from Korea. Uh, many of them have been around the Korean circuit, whether it be in the their version of the Academy League or as substitutes on other teams in the LCK. And it was kind of odd at first for a lot of people to see C9 making these massive changes all of a sudden. Um, but but under the leadership of LS, so many people were excited to see that these people that he handpicked to bring to North America would succeed and for a few weeks that's exactly what they did you know they there were really strange draft compositions that ls brought out in the first few weeks of the lcs uh that captured fans attention because of how against the meta it was and you know fans people that know ls know how willing he is to go against the meta at any particular moment and really stray away from what is just so good in, in favor of what works better for the team but then, Ahmad, as I'm sure you know, and everybody else knows, there was that a very, very controversial uh, ending, abrupt ending to that run of LS about three weeks into the spring split where C9, you know, out of nowhere, it was, it was I think it was literally um, before their matches on like the third weekend of the LCS on a Saturday, uh, where they all of a sudden tweeted that they had parted ways with LS. And a lot of people thought that this was kind of, um, you know, maybe C9's Twitter kind of memeing with us again, you know, as they usually do or something like that. But no, it was it was very, very real. And the players were just about to go on stage now with everybody knowing that their head coach had been let go and no reason being explained. Um, and so that was the start of what became a very, very rocky few weeks for C9, who 
now had this roster put together and now we're forced into the hands of then assistant coach Max Waldo uh, to continue the rest of their spring season. And luckily they did end up performing pretty well in this through the spring season, but it was kind of this, you know, what's actually going to happen with the team now that LS is gone, now that the mastermind behind all these changes is gone uh, so abruptly, are we going to see any more changes? And, and, you know, we did into summer um, summit that top laner, the new top laner that they brought in for cloud nine ended up winning uh, MVP in his first split here in the LCS in the spring due to how far and away he was from the rest lane, the rest of the top lane competition in the LCS, despite being, you know, new to the region and, you know, Cloud9 was even able to finish in second in the spring, which shocked everybody from, you know, this this strange start that they had, this strange, into a strange middle period where they had their ups and downs into this really strong finish. So it was as if C9, despite the controversy, had complete control a few weeks after it had transpired, all of this, you know, craziness had transpired and had once more regained this you know determination to to succeed in spring which is something that they've you know very historically done have we gotten any kind of indication as to why ls was let go yeah so it was kind of revealed in passing through both through ls and jack uh the owner the of cloud nine that there appeared to be some disputes between ls and some of the players where maybe his coaching style wasn't what the players were used to and they were having a difficult time, uh, you know, becoming accustomed to it. But nothing, no details have really gone public outside of that very cursory glance that, hey, there was there were some issues in communication between the coaching and the players. And, you know, that's why this had to take place so abruptly. So is the success of C9, especially at LCS, at the LCS finals, is it being attributed to Waldo or, you know, to to the original coach? Yeah, so I think it's a combination of both, you know. So kind of to elaborate on what LS did, he brought in Summit to the top lane. He brought in Berserker and Winston to the bot lane, you know, getting rid of, uh, push, not getting rid of, but pushing Sven to the academy scene where he was focusing more on, you know, a support play style, which we ended up seeing in this in the summer, um, and we he also sent Fudge uh, from the top lane to the mid lane. So there was a lot of interesting things that uh, you know LS was piecing together that ended up working out very well in the end for the team. And heading into the summer, we said goodbye to Summit, the spring split MVP. We said goodbye to Winsome, the former support. But we kept Berserker, which a lot of people were really interested in because he had performed very, very well in the spring split, being able to contend with, you know, some of the best names in the bot lane, Han Sama, uh, FBI, you know, and, and doing very, very well for himself with Winsome in the spring. But, you know, there was so much attention on the top lane in the spring season that Berserker didn't really have that moment to really shine. But then with further roster changes in the summer, which was you know, I feel Max Waldo really looking at the team and being like, you know, we have some really good pieces here. LS, you know, LS started the chess game. Let's finish the chess game. And that's exactly what they did. They kept Berserker. They brought in Sven as a support player, which, you know, there were rumors about Sven coming in as a support player. You know, he's the former C9 ADC, former European ADC. And it was just, you know, very 
interesting to see that that Max Waldo was so willing to take, you know, some of these chances that LS made and and piece them together in a way that he felt more comfortable with. You know, Summit and Winsome were unfortunately gone. They uh, had finished their time here in the LCS and Fudge went back to top and they even brought back in Jensen, you know, a legacy player from C9 who has been on Team Liquid for the past few years and has unfortunately not been able to ever win a trophy alongside C9, only doing so when he first joined Team Liquid. And so back to your question, I feel like this ultimately, you know, culminating in an LCS championship victory for Cloud9, you know, when historically summers for Cloud9 have not been, you know, championship winning for them in the past usually their their success is tied to the spring it very much seemed like what i said before you know there was this game of chess that ls was playing like 40 chess you know he had it all planned out max waldo capitalized on what ls had already set in stone and furthered it to better work with what the team had become heading into the summer with all these new chess pieces added to the board. So I can't really say it was attributed to any to either of these coaches individually. I think both had incredible moments and incredible effect on the long term, even though, you know, one of them was only here for a few weeks and the other one was here for most of the season. They both were so important to creating you know, and culminating that creating the C9 roster that we have now and culminating the success that they had, you know, this weekend. So 100 Thieves uh, came in second in the LCS Spring Playoffs and the LCS Championship. What do you think is holding 100 Thieves back from, you know, winning that Grand Finals trophy? Yeah, so it's actually interesting because 100 Thieves, since that they've been in the LCS, every playoffs finals that they've been a part of, they have lost or won in a sweep. Uh, which is very interesting. Um, not I, off the top of my head, I'm not familiar with any other team where every single playoffs finals appearance is a 3-0 or an 0-3. But, you know, this 100 Thieves roster has been together since last summer. They, have, they are the only LCS team to not have changed anything at all this year, uh, which was a big risk from, you know, their side and the the behind the scenes and their coaching staff and everything deciding to stick with that roster but it showed that they were very content with the players that they had and that they had formulated a strategy that was more than capable of letting them get back to this spot that they had last summer when they won the lcs championship however as you said they fell twice this year in uh the finals Oh, and three, which was very, very shocking, um, I think, to a lot of players because 100 Thieves has done very well in the regular season in the time that they've been a part of the LCS. But it, it feels like this team, when they're when there's all of that pressure centered on them, there's this lack of synergized communication where people on the team start kind of not truly understanding what their objective is to close out games anymore. And it becomes kind of, you know, 20 minutes of looking for a win condition and never really being able to find one because these players individually and as a team have proved in the past three or so years that they are fully, fully capable of performing together. And even this iteration of the team now that's been together since last summer, more than capable. They've won a championship together. They are some of the best players in the LCS right now. But it seems like in those really, really high pressure moments, something kind of slips. It really makes you question, you know, who exactly is 
the shot caller here is everything working internally. And, you know, even with this weekend in particular, where they had a five game series on Saturday against EG, who subbed in Cowery from their academy team because Danny could not perform. I definitely think they are maybe a bit overzealous in what they're capable of. They're they're going in a little bit thinking that they're maybe thinking that they're going to win handily. And that that could definitely be, in my mind, one of the determining factors in, in why, like, you know, like, like I've said, four playoffs finals in a row, either they win handily or they lose completely. I see. So Cloud9 to 100 Thieves have qualified for Worlds uh, at the group stage level, and Evil Geniuses have qualified for the play-in stage. How do you see them uh, matching up against the best teams from other regions around the world? Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so Cloud9. Um, I just remember we were sitting there in the press box, and we were all crossing our fingers. You know, Cloud9, you're in Group A. You're the first team pulled for group stage. Please, please, let's, you know, let's try and make sure that T1 and EDG are in the other groups. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. And this year, Cloud9, our first seed, is going to be starting against T1, Korea's second seed, and EDG, uh, the LPL's uh, third seed, if I'm not mistaken. And this actually, it's pretty funny here because this is the exact group, um, plus a team to be determined, that started at Worlds 2017, it was Cloud9 versus T1 versus EDG. And so at that year, Cloud9 actually performed pretty well and was able to, if, if I remember correctly, advance from the groups um, in that year. But the competition obviously has become a lot more um, contested, I would say, uh, contested and congested uh, now uh, nowadays. And when you look at the LCK and the LPL as the first two teams that you're going to have to advance past, plus an unknown fourth team from a minor region or major region that, you know, could get an upper hand on Cloud9. I I personally, I look at Cloud9 and I think this is a roster that is more than capable of performing well internationally. Uh, this roster has not had the chance to perform internationally yet, this current roster of all these five people, but they have the veterans on the team that have performed internationally before and have performed well. And Cloud9 has been one of those teams that constantly, whether it be making it out of groups or progressing even further, they're always one of NA's last hopes. And so while their group may be difficult, you know, if Evil Geniuses can take down T1 at MSI, Cloud9 can do it too at Worlds. So we just got to cross our fingers for that. And then, you know, for for 100 Thieves in Group D, I think they have a similar challenge, less so because they're not against two major regions right off the bat, but they have the first seed of the LCK Gen G in their bracket uh, in Group D. And that, that you know, that's a mountain to overcome. That's a mountain, and then there's a mountain on top of the mountain to overcome. You know, this 100 Thieves roster, if they don't find this synergy that they are so desperately needing heading into Worlds following this past weekend where, you know, this series against EG could have gone in any direction. And then, you know, as we saw the complete stomp from Cloud9 uh, on Sunday for Cloud9 to win the championships, like 100 Thieves is really going to need to find some footing, I think, uh, and find maybe something that works a little bit better for them because there's this split focus among all the members of the team, like I said, where they really need to figure out, you know, are we going to prioritize whether it be Abadaga or FBI uh, 
or someday, or are we going to, you know, synergize as a team and focus more on our team fighting? Because against Gen G, you can't go into that matchup without having a plan. That is the number one Korean seed. They are fully capable of steamrolling 100 Thieves, just like C9 did to 100 Thieves, but in a, for a different reason. Hmm. Well, with that, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan, part of the .esports podcast network. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and share. To follow Ethan and keep up to date on League, you can find him at Ethan Garcia underscore underscore underscore. So that's three underscores. To follow me and my work over at CNET, you can find me at Imad on Twitter. And with that, we'll catch you guys next week.